You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, who have been telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com, and then definitely follow them on Instagram for all the information that you need, because I'm sure that's where you follow us as well, at oklahomahof. Let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode up in Stillwater, Oklahoma today. Uh, I have really been looking forward to this episode. I know we've been trying to do it for a long time. You guys have been super busy. COVID happened, all the rest of it. Um, But on the podcast with me today, I have Bobby Wintle and Sai Turner, which you guys like... I was just talking to Sally Bobby before you showed up about me winning the raffle this year. Yes. Which oh, was yes. insane. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, almost to the point where I'm like, thanks for doing that, but also I hate you so much. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to train for a race that I, and I still haven't trained. Yeah. I really need to start training. You can run. You can do the, no, I want to do I need to do the bike. Um, oh, you're not doing the double? Wow. Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. Loser. <laughs> That's what everybody's doing. I know, yeah. Uh, But no, what we are talking about, obviously, is the Mid-South. We're in Stillwater. Um, But, you know, before we get into talking about that race and what it's become, uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves and and why you are in Stillwater today. Let me go. All right. And to my left. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I mean, I may be known to tell, like, pretty lengthy stories so i won't do that right now Uh, my battery on the camera is going it's going okay um i'm not from oklahoma i'm not from stillwater in any way i have no connection to this town before i moved here and uh had had no connection to the town and so Basically fell in love with the idea of entrepreneurship when I was 18. Mm-hmm. I was working at a coffee shop, 17, 18. I was working at this coffee shop that moved into a brand new building downtown because we had a tornado rip through my town when I was a freshman in high school. And so they got all this incentive money and uh, went big. They went big all the way. Restaurant, bar, um, underage drinking, lots of tax problems through this place. The coffee was wonderful. The grilled cheese sandwich with like four different cheeses and bacon was awesome. Like I said, I tell very long stories. I'm imagining that grilled cheese. It was very good. We can order Uber Eats at any moment during this podcast. Also, it is a, it is a technology (laughs) that that exists. That would be a first. (laughs) I like doing things first a lot. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I fell in love with it there and, um, I'm from Parsons, Kansas. So I was born and raised Parsons, Kansas, 9,000 people, Southeast Kansas. It's the corner. It's really close to Joplin, Missouri by like an hour. And, um, anyway, by the time I was 20, like this idea of doing things kind of on my own terms, potentially like creating community, creating connection, creating a space for people to feel very comfortable, very alive, and, and allowing that to grow organically was something that I knew I wanted to be a part of, whether it was through music or because I was a, a musician for a long time. I still play music, but like that was really the vein that I thought I was going to head in. Mm-hmm. But I'd written this business, business plan for a coffee shop. And then I met who became my wife, Crystal, and she had wanted the same since she was eight years old. She's from the same area, but we didn't meet all this time because we grew up like eight miles apart. She went to the rival high school. She had moved to Emporia, Kansas to go to college, and I was going to community college in Parsons at Labette Community College, LCC. And uh, anyway, we met while she was home over Thanksgiving break in 2004, and then immediately like long-distance relationship for a year and a half talked and talked and talked about how we knew we wanted to own our own business someday. Mm-hmm. And like for me, it had been very new, but for her, it had been in her mind for a really long time. So <clears throat> we wrote a business plan for a, co- a coffee shop. Um, after a year and a half of long distance dating, I moved to Emporia we got married. And then we, we were just like, you know, food industry, coffee, all this sounds like something that we don't really know anything about. Yeah. But she had gotten me into riding bikes and I had been running very terribly for a long time. 
And uh, so you're a runner? Are you a runner? No. Okay. No, well, I just force myself to do things that I really don't want to do, but we grow, don't we? So that's, we, that's my why I run is because I want to do things that I never think I can, can do. Absolutely. So that's why I did the race last year. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man, I can't wait to hear about this. So um, <clears throat> we moved, I, I moved up there in 06, and that was the same year that the DK, DK200, started, mm-hmm. unbeknownst to us. We didn't know. There were 34 people behind the hotel. The story, the room, you know, the, the yeah. legend has it. And we, we didn't become involved um, really with the bike shop scene until 07. I begged for a job at High Gear Cyclery because I was working on bikes in, at our apartment and in yeah. our, our basement and I was working for contractors while I was finishing school. So I was doing like cabinet building and doing all sorts of mm-hmm. flipping houses, roofing houses, siding, sheetrock, plumbing, like you name it, we were doing it. And, but at the whole time I was falling way deeper in love with bikes, mm-hmm. way, way, way deep. And, and th- this idea that we could open a bike shop somewhere. Yeah. So 2008, before I even had a job at high gear, I called Trek and said, hey, like, obviously I know you're one of the top three biggest brands in the world. I called the local rep, so I was calling Wade, who's the Midwest rep, and I just said, hey man, um, we're building this business plan. I've fallen in love with bikes. Crystal got me into it. This is who we are. I'm on like the very slow, very terrible mountain bike race team that's out of high gear. I'm begging for a job, but we're building this business plan and we want to open a shop and we want to do it with your brand because it's all encompassing kids bikes all the way to the top. And we just said, we'll go anywhere. And I wasn't thinking about him looking in his backyard territory. I was just thinking like, they'll know where the open markets are. I was 2008. I was 23. Yeah. No kids at this point. No, Yeah. Nope. 22. I was 22, almost 23. And so we, and then he, he said the first thing out of his mouth was Stillwater, Oklahoma. He's like Stillwater, Oklahoma. And unbeknownst to him, the day before that, it was February of 08, I had met up with my friends who used to go to school in Stillwater. They live in southern Oklahoma now in Ardmore, and we're very, very good friends. So Crystal and I drove from Emporia to Stillwater just to hang out with them for Valentine's Day and just have a blast and just do whatever. And we didn't go see the other bike shop here in town, Cooper's. We didn't know anything about the dirt roads. We didn't know anything about campus. We just stayed the night in a hotel, went out to eat, drove home. Next day, called Trek. Next day, they were like, Stillwater. And I was like, yeah. dude, you have no idea what you just said to me. I was literally there 24 hours ago. And I have no other connection besides my friend who used to go to school here. And so then <clears throat> the process began that Trek was like, we really like this idea. We know you have no experience, but mm-hmm. we can tell that you're driven, blah, blah, blah. We'll hold the market. Because they said that people were looking at opening a shop here from Minneapolis to Dallas. But really? like really truly what was that really like we don't know yeah so anyway wrote the business plan for three years originally called the bike shop bike love bike love because we love people and we love bikes and like it made sense at the time in our brains but was we the, decided the logo, a piece the logo well. was not anything like heart shaped <laughs> bicycle wheels it was nothing like what people think it yeah. was going to be clean we had a whole urban outfitters kind of like design-esque idea of cleanliness and now urban outfitters may be a different thing a decade later but at the time it was very clean yeah. very put together very nice retail experience um so anyway, Bike Love did not come together and we were trying to find like a district in town because we didn't know Stillwater yeah. to name the shop after, like an area of town. Sure. You know, like, I mean, like you're some f- of the drinks are whatever. They, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. And you're from Wales. You're yeah. from Wales. Okay. So like there are districts within the city uh-huh. that are named after people or places or things. And it's like we wanted to really tie in and give a name to a place. Right. We couldn't find one because, well, there just there aren't any in this town. <laughs> this is very much a small town. <laughs> with this insane thing attached to it that is OSU. And so we just thought, well, let's just create our own district and like, we'll just call it district in its own right. And we'll build our own community. And that's the, that's where the name came from. So anyway, lots of ups and downs, crazy, crazy, way more detail. But finally, um, the first week of September of 11, 2011, we sold our house in 24 hours on our way down here with our daughter, Emery, who was one at the time she turned one on August 31st. And we moved down here not knowing a soul. And then by yeah. October 27th, 2011, we were open on a Wednesday. Yeah. That's impressive. And also, like, the whole time before we came, I knew yeah. I was watching what was happening with DK. And the whole thing with DK was that, you know, by the time of 2010, there were 500 people yeah. on Commercial Street in downtown. And I was, like, 
this is unbelievable. There are 500 people on bicycles yeah. attempting a 200 mile race today, right now, downtown. And so I thought there needs to be a hundred mile event in the spring. There has to be one. There isn't one. If we're moving to Oklahoma, which is the plan and we get there and the dirt roads are tight, then we'll, we'll do it. Yeah. And so that was the precursor. So we had the idea for the race before the shop was even open. Yeah. But we had no name. We had no idea. We had no course. We didn't even know if the dirt roads were cool. Right. And now we know that you have this monster now. It's amazing. Yeah. Mid-South is incredible. For, for those listening, what, what, what Bobby meant means by DK is the dirty Kansas, which is like the daddy of, of gravel races. Yeah. Isn't it? And they're going through a name change right now. Are they really? Yes, they are mm-hmm. following and, suit to you guys. Then um, they are. And, yeah. um, you know, I, yeah, we actually, maybe, yeah, we shouldn't go there. It's up to them to figure yeah. it out. So Sally, how do you get here? Um, so I am, first of all, my story is not nearly as long or Sorry. long time coming as Bobby's is, but um, I'm originally from Tulsa, Oklahoma, so mm-hmm. I didn't come very far. It's about 60 miles yeah. that way. Um, and, uh, man, so my husband works for the shop. Okay. Um, and he came here for school. I was going to study something else. My degree is in journalism now, but I was thinking about being a nurse Mm -hmm. and uh my first day of dosage calculation where they teach you how to you know appropriately draw up syringes and stuff our teacher said you're not careful you could kill somebody and i was like it's all for me i do not need that kind of responsibility in my life uh so i finished the semester went to tulsa went back to tulsa moved back in with my parents I uh, went to community college and then came here to study English, mm-hmm. quickly realized that I couldn't get a job without going into massive debt and getting, yeah. you know, 10 more years of school. So turned to journalism, uh, really enjoyed that for a while, and then kind of realized it maybe wasn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after working a couple of kind of jobs trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I finally was like, hey, Bobby let me help with this race that you have. Um, I had always kind of volunteered or been involved before and kept kind of pestering him and Crystal would be like, Hey, like this is getting big. Y'all need some help organizing. I can just yeah. see that. So she's also, she's also raced and finished in one of the it. hardest years that we ever had did in 2016. Yeah. Yes. 2016. Yeah. It took me like God, 12 hours, which doesn't matter. Better than it's half the field they didn't get. Exactly, yeah. I <laughs> uh, apparently carried my bike for 10 miles through the mud, which was <laughs> wild and kind of blurred together. Yeah. But uh, really enjoyed it, obviously. And then, yeah, so uh, this will be my fourth? Third. Is that right? No, I don't I know. think it's third. I think it's third actually on staff event. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, this will be my third. So does the love of bikes for you come from your husband? Um, actually, it comes from my granddad. He was a big cyclist, um, and uh, he he did, like, the, the cross-state tours, freewheel mm-hmm. and um, the the Brat bike ride across Tennessee. And um, I didn't ever get to ride with him, really, because, I mean, I just really didn't get into cycling until he was too old to really do that and kind of bummed about that now that we didn't get yeah. to share that. But, uh I always thought it was a cool thing to do. I remember going to like an athletic shoe store with my brother who was getting basketball shoes. And I was like, I wonder if they have any bike shoes. And I'm like six. So I don't even know what bicycle shoes yeah. are. Um, but I just wanted shoes that worked really well on my pink and white, you know, huffy or whatever. Um, and now here I am owning like five pairs of cycling shoes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I, I started riding in college just to class and actually on my grandma's old bike, which was a fun kind of little piece of history to carry with me. And then um, Austin, my husband, started working at the shop very shortly after you guys opened. I think like the spring months, after, yeah. Months, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I think the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> we just got really hooked. Yeah, I think you guys kind of found the love together. Like from my uh-huh. perspective, like he dove in obviously from the mechanic side, but then yep. you, like you were riding and and just obviously paying attention from the outside of this behemoth thing that was growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It was, it's great. I love it. And then, uh, I mean, Bo, when you came here, you just like dove into the community and were finding out 
was there a big bike community? I mean, I'm sure there was a core group here that knew where the roads were, right? No, there was there, there was, was, there was there nothing. Were, there were there, were there mis- was no gravel. Nobody no. knew about no. these amazing roads. I will say this with all um, humility. Yeah, that there were there were people. There were no, there was no. There was no community built around the but idea there was of riding no, dirt. Like, six o'clock ride on Absol- Wednesday. Whatever. There, there, was there was a six o'clock that. ride on Tuesday evening yeah. from Cooper's on the pavement to the Ampride at Perkins and back on 177 every yeah. Tuesday, and and potentially maybe some group rides on Saturday. But it was all kind of oriented around pavement. Yeah. And also we've got some really great mountain bike trails at McMurtry. So that the first week I was here, one of the first things I I did was go on that gra- that that group ride on Tuesday, the road one, yeah. on my gravel bike, and I got made fun of for my tire size. And they were like, "What are you going to do? Ride in the ditch?" And I was like, "I will ride in the I ditch if to. you yeah. want me to do that." <laughs> yeah, um, but then I, I can kinda, ride in the ditch. I shall <laughs> ride. It was my Gary Fisher Presidio. I missed that bicycle very much. It was very sick. And anyway, I. I found out about trail work. They were doing trail work on the Orange Trail at McMurtry that Saturday, and I showed up, and and there were all these preconceived notions of who I was and what I was doing. And then when they realized that I was a 26-year-old kid, yeah, they were just like, you're opening a bike shop? And they were like... And then, dude, and then, I mean, I'll just be totally honest with you. Like, pe- yeah. people came in, multiple people, not a lot, but a handful of people came in and literally to my face when no one else was there told me that we would never make yeah. it, that this town could not support what we were trying to make yeah. happen. Like, they were like, another bike shop will never make it against Cooper's, against this other shop, which, just to be totally frank and open, and I do not see other bike shops, period, in this town or other towns as competition. Yeah. Cycling in the United States is way too small for us to believe that we are at competition with each other we need to the the tide must rise and all boats Mm -hmm. will rise with it and also all communities will be better so anyway um yeah man there wasn't a community riding dirt roads until we got here and i had it took me quite a while to find them and uh i mean i I really do think it was spring of 2012 where i mean there's just this whole story about my daughter just never slept ever like for two and a half years, I don't think she slept. I think it's what has helped me and Crystal both train to be endurance cyclists and, <laughs> and you know, to, to ride 300 miles with no sleep, yeah. which we've both done multiple times. And I promise it's because of Emery. Thanks, Emery. I really appreciate you. Yeah. And anyway, I would wake up at two, three o'clock. She would never go back to sleep and I'd put her in the car and I would drive. Yeah. And so anyway, I went west on 19th one day and it was 3.30 in the morning. Went up over these two really big hills by this water tower that I know very well now. And at the time I came to a T and it was either go right or go left. And right was towards highway 51 and left was Cottonwood headed north or headed south to 44th. And I mean, if you're a cyclist that's been here and done the event, like you probably know that area and it's red dirt, red, deep, red, sick, unreal, great Hills. And I mean, just from like the view of my headlights, I was like, Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. So I came back the next day and then I was like, if this continues on, like we are in for yeah. a rowdy time. And now we know that it's, we have, it keeps going. The going, state of going. Oklahoma, we have just even, continues. Then that we haven't even scratched the surface. We have yeah. a million ideas. We have a million places we could go. And, um, yeah, now, <clears throat> now the work is like just at our fingertips of like, how do we make this city really, really, really buzz yeah into the transportation component of this outside of the recreational and the, and the race format. Like how do we, how do we transition this conversation into, okay, now the interest is here. Are you paying attention? And now are we ready to put the money where our ideas and where our mouth is and make this city exactly the way we all know it can be Yeah, because it's tiny and you can ride your bike anywhere. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I mean that with all the love because I want to live in a small place, Mm -hmm. you know, Living in a big place with lots of infrastructure sounds really cool and beautiful, but like, yeah. so does not. Being able to just literally ride out from your front doorstep of work, you know, three miles and you're in the dirt. Exactly. That's perfect. Exactly. Because Oklahoma yeah. City, they tell us all the time, we don't have that. Yeah. Tulsa, like we got to drive 40 minutes, yeah. park on the side of the road and then go for a ride. Yeah. And it's like here, you can meet at the shop. Then when you get done, you can go get a beer, get a burger, go to Louis, go to Zanotti's, yeah. do whatever, and take a shower at District, and then get back in your car and go home. Yeah. So instead of driving 40 minutes, they might as well drive an hour and five minutes and then be in the best spot. Yeah. I think that's what I need to do with my training, because I'm in Yukon. Yeah. I'm in Yukon, and they mean, it's not hills. Like, yeah. when I did my my, my ultramarathon training, and then we got out here, and I ran to the first, like, I ran to that first hill, and I just looked, I was like... <laughs> 
Yeah, and you, you have to get past that first like five mile aid station, and then you just keep going up and down. And I turned mm-hmm. my buddy who's running with me, and he he's a CrossFit guy, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll do it with you." Like we'd watch too many David Goggins videos. And yes. we're like, yeah, we can do anything. <laughs> uh, oh, he was. We we had run on gravel to train. Uh, to train, what we did was run loops of my block, which was six mile loops. Um, we only did we did four, three or four in a row every Sunday leading up to it. So only only did eighteen miles on flat too. Yes. Um, yeah, we. Uh, still he, sounds... he still hates me for that. Yeah. <laughs> we got to a point. We got halfway, and uh, he's like, "I'm gonna put my headphones in, and I'll just be right here." I was like, "Okay, well." And the halfway point, it got real kind of like big gravel as so we were running in the ruts, and I just put my head down, and I didn't see him. Like he just disappeared. So I kind of left him, but he still doesn't forgive me. But it's fine. It's all, it's all good. You uh, have to do good. what you have to. You have I to just kind of kept going, and uh, yeah, I got to the finish. I texted him. I was like. Are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit far behind. <laughs> so oh, no. I, I'd gone and like changed and like warmed up and then sat in the truck and then finally he showed up. I was like, come on, you can do it. Yes. <laughs> but he did it, which but is awesome. That's yes. all that matters. Uh, but yeah, I mean, talking about the race, when, so that first race, like, mm-hmm. you know, what, how long did it take you to build the route and everything? And, uh, you know, how was all that? Because the, that's, you know, the infrastructure of trying to no, find yeah, yeah. the route. No, yeah, the, the route is... <clears throat> What we didn't realize at the time was was how much there was like, and we're still we're still we're still finding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, I had a lot of help um, from some from some local people. I cannot, I, mean, I will not take all the credit for that first route or like any of this. I, I want everyone to know that like this thing is is much more than the sum of one or two people's yeah. ideas. You know, this is this thing. Things like this just don't happen on their own and or with just mm-hmm. one one drive. Yeah. The first route, you know, I was working with um I was working with a guy named Adam Gribben who was here in town and Adam was just a fixture at the bike shop all the time. He was ex military, he was done, he was going to school finally, like a non traditional student after military. And Adam <clears throat> was was just like I told him about DK and I had never been able to do DK while we were in Emporia mm-hmm. while I was working at the shop. Cause I only worked at the shop for that one year for Oh nine, uh, late Oh nine till mid to late 10. So it was only like nine months actually. Mm-hmm. And so then I worked at Verizon wireless for a short bit, just so Crystal wouldn't have to go back to school and go back to, I'm sorry, go back to work at ESU. Mm-hmm. So she could just be home with Emory. And, and so then we like cut ties with Emporia. Boom. We were here and it was just like, it was crazy. It was crazy. Anyway, so we're here and we're going and I'm like, I have to go see these roads. I have to go see these roads. And so I, I never got the chance at all because I never had the time yeah. to train. Like I never made the time. I needed to be at work at the bike shop that one year that I actually felt like I could do it in 2010. And so anyway, I finally had the time. Kind of. I was going to do two a day, two a days, yeah. like the whole two a day thing. So we we're going to do 35 in the morning, work all day long, eight, nine, 10 hours, whatever it took. Uh, cause it was just crystal and I at the time and yeah. we were just starting to hire a few people. So Austin, Sally's husband, Austin Roberts. So we had a one and a two and cause we had the same name. And so anyway, it was super fun shop in those days. The shop is still super fun. Yeah. But in those days it was just like super raw, crazy, crazy. Yeah. Didn't, I don't know. I still don't know how to run real entrepreneurs. I have no idea how to run a business <laughs> yeah. still actually. Everyone will tell you that it's very true. So we, <clears throat> Adam and I just started riding together because I threw a Tuesday, I was throwing a Tuesday morning breakfast ride that was all pavement before I knew where the rides were. And Adam was the only one that showed up the first time. So Adam shows up on this long haul trucker, surly with paneers. And he's just like, you never know when you need to grab some ice and get some beers. I'm like, okay, well this guy gets it. it." (laughs) And so then, and then it morphed into like, all right, well, Hey man, I'm doing this thing. I'm doing this, this DK 200. I'm doing the 200. I'm not messing around. And he was like, that sounds just wild enough that like I should do that and I'll do it with you. And I'm like, okay, great. Um, but what I, we had some miscommunication cause I think he thought that meant we would ride together and I never, ever, ever had those words come out of my mouth. And I was in the same vein as you. Like when it's time to go, I need to go. Yeah. I can't stop. No, no. It's like leg seize up and you're done. It's a double century. And yeah. like, I'm not here for anyone but me. Yeah. Like this is about, this is a, t- this is yeah. the day to be selfish. And so anyway, we just started riding all these roads and we, and then I told him about the idea and then I came up with the original name and, 
so like LR 100 was like happening. We're doing this. This is the space. This is the, the intent behind it. Like we want people to feel like these, you know, feel like they're almost being transported back in time to the early 1900s when these roads potentially were created for the first time. And it was all very, very, very cool, man. Very, very cool. And yeah, we just kept going. We got some hints about Ingalls off 19th, and we were like, you need to check out Ingalls. You need to go look at it. And then as soon as you go on the other side of Ingalls, we, we affectionately call this other hill, uh, we call it Jim's Blow Up Hill because of another friend that has done a lot of work in the middle years f- for our time frame right now, Jim Brewer. So we had Jim's Blow Up Hill, and then we kept going, and it just kept getting hillier and crazier yeah. and rowdier. And then we got down south to Kearney, Oklahoma, which if you don't know about Kearney, Oklahoma, I don't blame you. Nobody knows <laughs> the name of that town. It's south of Perkins by like 12 miles, <clears throat> and it was our first halfway point. Yeah. And then after that, it was just more hills more red dirt more ruts and yeah man um i had 120 people signed up from nine states and canada we've been international every single year because a friend of a friend has a buddy from canada that has come every year which is cool well he came like the first three or four years or whatever and then now we've now legit international but that first year dude i uh i mean sally was at the halfway point in carney Mm -hmm. with me waiting for austin um, her, her boyfriend at the time yeah. and like I mean actually standing in the back of that little truck uh-huh. taking pictures was yeah. I don't know I'll never forget it there was I don't know why but me and you and Craddock our buddy Michael Craddock was there who's been a super volunteer uh, for a bunch of years too sorry I'm dropping names that nobody knows but they're very important to me they'll be listening <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah shout out MJ Craddock um, anyway that first year was insane. Uh, we had no idea what was on our hands. Mm. No idea whatsoever. The, we, we, cl- we closed the bike shop the day of the race because we didn't have enough people to run yeah. the shop and also run the race. And the people wanted to ride the race that were working at the shop. So we were just like, yeah, we'll just close it. And now, of course, it's our biggest sales day of the entire year. Well, the day before <laughs> is really. But yeah. the day of the race is still massively huge. So the ideas of like how we've evolved to work, make it make it work mm-hmm. has not been an easy process and has been also like the greatest, I don't know, yeah. successes of my life. And, and that, that first year, dude, um, it rained at mile 80 for most people. Yep. So the rain has been a part of this conversation since year one. And it was a 30 mile an hour sustained headwind out of the South yeah. for 59 miles, which we did a 59 mile checkpoint the first year. So you had to make it almost 60 miles with no water. And we had no oasis, like yeah. nothing. Like we didn't have anything out there. And we also didn't have the Jeep club. Yeah, that right. hadn't happened Which yet. Which is huge now. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we had 35 or I don't know. Yeah. We had 25, whatever. We had a million Jeeps this year. Yep. It was crazy. And, uh, so the rain hits. Yeah. The craziest part is that at the crux of the, of the, the very southwest corner of the race, mile 80, is where we really started to head back. So you really only got like 20 miles of true like tailwind. Yeah. But also the course was 107 miles the first year, which it's always been pretty damn close to that because it, it just should be because yeah. we had too much. It's 100 much, miles of gravel and then a few much, miles in town. Yeah, yeah. We have too much good stuff, yeah. but we can't cut it out. And we hit that turn. And the wind died because the, the storm front got here. So no one got a tailwind. So they fought this insane headwind the whole way to Kearney and then had no Looking reprieve. Looking forward to a tailwind. Yeah. You're like, we'll do it. We can get there. And then 14 people, 13 or 14 people made it through without getting rained on. Wow. And everyone else got hammered. Yeah. And so, I mean, people were walking and walking and walking and walking. And Carnage. Yeah. Anybody that had a four-wheel drive or all-wheel drive vehicle or a rack on it or a truck bed just Listen i mean i'll never forget dude like they just scattered they were just like leaving yeah. downtown they're like we'll go get we'll go we'll go we'll go and they're like what's the course what's the course we're handing maps out because that year we didn't have gps we only did course markings yeah and we did maps and you got the second half of the map this is old school gravel <laughs> so you got the second half when you got to the checkpoint yep. so that way you could not yeah. cheat you couldn't cheat at all nobody yeah, could yeah. cheat and you had to get there to get the next piece i really miss that yeah. We can't do that anymore because it just doesn't make sense logistically, especially with thousands of people. And we want to be environmentally conscious. Of enough. course. So, yeah, year one. What were your thoughts of year one? It's cold. I was not dressed appropriately. Um, that was a long time ago. Um, I remember hanging out at Kearney, just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and trying to use this camera that I didn't really know how to use. And, Trying to take good pictures and <laughs> getting some. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, but I really enjoyed just like watching. You could see people coming like up the road from yeah. like a mile away almost, and like watching them kind of just see heads up. going up. And yep. Yeah, or just little dots of color, <laughs> and finally watching them come in, and they're just like so stoked to be there. Um, and then they're like, "Oh, but we have to keep going." Uh, <laughs> yeah, this halfway point's great, but like, we great, have to but, finish. Oh that. god, yeah. there's more. Um, and then being back out here downtown uh, and watching people finish or like watching people get towed in because like their derailleurs are you know in yeah. pieces and their drivetrains are just like like that and um, I just I didn't I had never experienced anything like that I was just like this is wild why are people doing this why is everyone kind of smiling but and happy having a good <laughs> yeah. time nobody's mad Duh. all right all right I'll bite when, and here when, I am. <laughs> when was when was your like first race? Uh, my first race was well. I guess distance race. I attempted to do the second land run, mm-hmm. uh, and I had blown up my knee like a month or two before, and I yeah. just couldn't. I just couldn't go fast enough to get to the halfway point in time. So, um, that was my first attempt. And then in 2016 is when I actually did it and did the finished. finish, and it rained the whole uh, time. And it rained eh, kind of off and on, but. Yeah. It was mostly just muddy, um, <laughs> which I have a photo that I, I took back to work with me when I worked at Not Here and um, of me finishing. And someone saw it and was like, is that blood all over your legs? I was like, no, that's mud. That's red mud. And they're just like, they no, yeah. it, it did not compute as to why I would do something like that. They just yeah. had no idea. Um, and honestly, like you can't really explain it to somebody who hasn't been here and, mm. and hasn't experienced it for themselves. Because, I don't know, there's just something about, like, working so hard and hitting that dark place, like you were talking about earlier, just, like, yeah. that really just the utter rock bottom of your mental facility, faculties, and then, like, coming back from it. Yeah. And Willing that's yourself the real, out of it. That's the real thrill, is, like, coming back out of it and being like, I can do this. Yeah. This is awesome. And you've got that adrenaline rush and that high from finishing, and, and you just work so hard for something that... For a patch, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I, ch- I cherish my water, the water bottles that we have, and I, yes. I mean, I use that and like um, and my towel as well. I think I my towel is pinned on my wall. Nice. Um, it's, yeah, this is yeah. a different color like, now, right? Yeah. No, 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 oh, no. no. I did the run, didn't oh, I? Oh, it was dry. Right, yeah. right, right. It was dry for me. It was okay, great. Good. Uh, yeah, my towel's pinned on the wall. I need to just put it in a frame. Actually, it looked really cool in a canvas frame. But yeah, like that dark place, it's. I, I I had a rule that when I did the run that it no, if I got if I passed somebody I'd never let them pass me again like mm-hmm. if I got past somebody I would never ever let them catch up with me uh-huh. uh, and it's such like it's almost kind of like a like a childish kind of embarrassing thing the things that you say to yourself to keep you going mm-hmm. um, but I mentioned David Goggins earlier and he just done like the 240 Moab crazy foot race or whatever mm-hmm. uh, and he calls his thing taking souls and he's like I see someone in front of me I want to take their soul I'm going to run past them mm-hmm. so the whole time I'm I saying like to that. myself the last like 8 miles like I'm going to take you I'm just taking souls like no this. headphones in and I'm just like speaking to myself <laughs> and then I'm passing like this 45 year old woman who's like you know just like trucking along and like, like I'm gonna kill you I'm taking your soul right now it's so weird I like got across the finish like it made the turn up there and there was one guy that passed me like towards the end um heavier guy ginger guy and, and he just I was like I was like I have nothing left right and this guy just comes past me I'm just like so pissed off and this guy yes. just passed me and I made the turn and I was like I can see you know I can hear you and I can see the giant arches and I just went, went full forest gum I just like high knee sprinted and I gave this like huge fist pump as I crossed the line oh, uh, and oh, I finished man. like in 6 hours and 30 minutes and I was like I don't care what people think I've just done this like and I'm like yeah. I need to sit down now uh, but you tell like you know people don't understand you tell your no. friends you first of all their question is why are you doing that mm-hmm, why are you running standing. 50 kilometers why are you riding 100 miles like mm-hmm. why um, but unless they've done it they just you just don't get it do yep. you and then you wake up the next day and you're like okay what next everything hurts there's always dying. something else isn't and there? what next yeah. yeah and that's when I watched I sat on my couch the whole day and just watched the um, the uh, 
the what, what was the guy who was in the Land Rover? What was his name? Him and his dog. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Overland. Peter, Peter Volers. Yeah, and from uh, Vermont. Vermont. Yeah, in Vermont, Overland. And watched that all day. <coughs> so it they're, was amazing. They're coming back. Good. Also, all of that footage, just in case anybody is uh, interested, and I'm gonna spill the beans, but all of that footage is being re purposed with interviews from the top four women and the top four men and myself amazing so we we're going to retell the story of the race and we're calling this the last gravel race on earth and it'll be out in different episode segments after registration goes live through the end of the year yeah so like yeah we'll be able to watch it again you know like watching the guys and then the commentary and then the the photography was amazing they killed it my favorite shot is the one of payson and he's picked up his bike and he's just running up that hill and like that is my favorite I shot of the whole time. That. I was watching that and I was just like, and it's just you can see like running. his half of his body in the bike, and then you just see the distance running. With we were his bike. We were in the finish. In the mud. We were yeah. in the, the finish line. Shoot, and fifty milers were coming in, and we were standing there, and someone showed it to us. Yeah, and we were just shoving it in each other's faces oh, and watching it over, and because we were like, he is running away from Peter Stetna, world tour pro rider right now, a Red Bull athlete, a pro track mountain biker is about to maybe win our race for the second time in a row. And again, let me please say, we don't really care about racing, but dude, that is super sick. (laughs) Well, to that that point, like I went, I went back and I watched, um, I think it was King of the Roads vlog or something from the first year. Oh, no, not the first year. The first year that, P- that um, Payson won. Yeah, last year. And it oh, yeah. came so to 2019. Like, yeah. It came to like, and, and it kind of, I paralleled, paralleled it to golf, right? Because when you, mm-hmm. there's such a gentleman like thing about golf, right? It's like, you know, it's it's a man's game, gentleman's game. Like, and I don't mean that like as men and women. I mean that as like the, you are a gentleman by sure, the sure. way that you act. Um, a gentle and, person. Yeah. Per and just, just when they got to that stoplight and they just had a sprint. Yeah. And I'm like, one one someone who's competitive would have just jumped the light and gone yeah. right like yeah. no there was none of that there was like we just cycled 100 miles together and now we, it's come to the last 150 meters mm-hmm. and it was the same thing when I saw when everyone got to the halfway point I think there's a clip and Payson like looks over at someone who was in that pack and he's like you got time like we'll wait for you until you catch up until we go again I'm like, you don't get that in many sports. No. You just don't get it. And it surprises you know? me every time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just like how With as much stuff that's going people. on, right? You just yeah. don't, you know, and they were cleaning and washing and, and redoing. And, and obviously now the halfway point of Perkins is like a town, right? Like the, the right. village of people who come out with the vans and the bike, whatever it is. But that, 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 those two things for me were like, this isn't about racing, as much as this isn't about winning this is about like yep. the act of racing together and having a really good time and yeah okay the best man will win but it's fair mm-hmm. and i just i just that, that those two things for me really stuck out that's so sick to hear someone else see that perspective and i'm not a bike person at all right like that was just for me that was like okay i see it now like that's mm-hmm. that's that's sick it's it's something that exists in this in this world and I'm not, I don't know if it exists any other place in the cycling world because I've never been fast enough to know and or really been a part of any of those conversations yeah. but when it's on the line on the line like for like a national championship or you know UCI points or something like that which is like the international cycling governing body like that that type of stuff it's it's different but it, but you see it they, they talk about it in the tour sometimes I don't follow the tour that much yeah. like the Tour de France but they talk about like if someone's chain drops like one year they were on this pass and they were climbing 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 they crested the pass and then there was this unbelievable descent where they were hitting 70 miles per hour yeah. and 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 at the top uh, Andy Schleck Andy Schleck was racing for Trek and I remember it because we were really watching it he like dropped his chain yeah. and everyone was talking about whatever component group he was running at the time and making a bunch of jokes about it but like that they, they i think it was contador and contador didn't wait mm-hmm. and i don't want i don't actually remember if it was exactly those two guys but i think it was and and Schleck needed to get off his bike and put his chain back on and then it was over like there yeah. was no way that he was going to be able to mm-hmm. make up that time and so in cycling there seems to be this 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 very 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 fair idea of yeah. like are we are we really like who is actually taking the win yeah and is it really because you're the best rider or because of circumstance and someone else's misfortune very pure very pure and i want that to stay in what we do so bad uh, to that point like a lot of you know in the road cycling things like and even just in the amateur road cycling like 
there's kind of like this kind of stigma that like I put it like kind of like the wine community right if you drink wine you know wine and you're around someone who doesn't know wine kind of like a bit of a snob sometimes right <laughs> and then you see someone who's riding around Lake Hafner and they're full tri bike and they're full suit and like you know and I'm out there and I got bike shorts but a t-shirt like you give them a wave and they do not look at you yeah yeah yeah, yeah like yeah. that is the stigma the bike no for the, sure the, not the gravel but the gravel no, seems for to sure. the opposite to that. Yeah, gravel we, is like, where are you going? Let's go together. We're vehemently against the idea that you need to look a certain way, be a certain way, right. sound a certain way, ride yeah. a certain bike. Yeah. yeah, Bikes are for everyone, period. Yeah. Especially in our community. Yeah. Like our community, like our the thing that has sustained us the, this, this amount of time, in my opinion, that's given us like truly our identity and lifeblood mm-hmm. is our Monday night ride. And like COVID is trying to kill it um from a fun standpoint of us like being able to facilitate it through the bike shop and the community is not allowing that to happen so like we're not hosting it from the shop but i know in the summer there were 40 plus people on monday nights still happening yeah meeting a block south of the shop and we're not i'm dying i'm dying to get back to normal i'm dying to get back i mean obviously safely when was the last time you gave somebody a hug i mean i did i did this year and I shouldn't have. Yeah. And this year, obviously, we won't, we won't be having hugs for sure, 100%. Like, this is the year for us to really do things correctly. And for me to actually adhere to the things that I say I am going to do yeah. and be as safe as possible. Yeah. But, like, in the future... I mean, it will come back. It will come this back. This is all yeah, very temporary. It will come back. It, right. it, it's, it's obviously not as temporary as we all thought it was going to be. Sure. But, like, we're going we're gonna to put on an amazing event yeah and we're gonna do it together and it's gonna be unforgettable just like it's every single nuts. Other yeah, yeah. So no, completely nuts to that point like well you know obviously you guys did something different this year right I mean thankfully for me unfortunately thankfully depending on how, how you look at it I won the raffle so I have a free entry fantastic yes uh <laughs> But for people getting into it now, you, they used to just log on first morning and just click and hope for the best, right? Because yep. so many people wanted to get into it. Yep. Now you guys have changed it up and, and doing a lottery system, right? Yes. Tell me about that. Well, we avoided it like the plague for a really long time. Bobby was, I mean, I think it would have killed him to do it before now. I just really didn't want to do it at all ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it, it's less exciting. Yeah, and, and, and is that because you have to, like, there are rules on capacity? Like, you you're can't looking send at send them in waves, or like, how does this? You're, you're looking at the decision making team yeah. right here, and yeah. no, the demand on the website, um, the demand on the website on Bike Reg is 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 outrageous. Yeah, um, and and I hate, I hate the uncertainty of it. Um, I don't want like crazy full control over like who gets in and who doesn't but yeah. but the demand is so high and and the chances are such a such a crapshoot anyway mm-hmm. that we feel like the way that we can best facilitate the diversity growth also mm-hmm. is through this idea of sure. a 24 hour randomizer so i will not call it a lottery because there is nothing that you can lose because you're not actually gotcha. gambling so i will not call it a lottery because it isn't one because you're not paying for something that you're not ever going to see a benefit from yeah you will only be charged money if you are receiving something in return and that mm-hmm. is not a lottery yeah. it is a 24 hour randomizer that our randomizer robot will generate the names of over a week that we will help it decide yeah. what that looks like. <laughs> so how many people are in the right, like, is... Um, I think, all told, it's we're going to 2,300-ish. Yeah. yeah. That's we mad, we shot for the moon. We went tried to go big this year in 2020, <laughs> and the universe was just like, no. No. You're going to give you we everything. Had, we had more <laughs> than 3,000 people registered wow. to come. 3,250. Yeah, we were, we were ready. We had yeah. all the merchandise and all the things, and then... So it's yeah. just infrastructure that's holding you guys back. A little bit. But also, like, downtown Stillwater, I don't think we can get much bigger than what we tried to do. Yeah. Um, and actually be able to, like, have the event shut the here. Street, right. just because the oh, shut a block, right? It was yeah. still the blocks you guys we had shut. Blocks, yeah. 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 yeah, we had blocks. And the, and yeah. They're going to give us as much room as we want, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've yeah. had great meetings already with the city manager, with Norm McNichol. And I, I will say this. It was never the goal to be huge okay no. it would be the biggest bigger is not better no better is better better yeah. is better yes 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 
we don't want to lose this idea of inclusivity and of like genuine gotcha. integrity. Yeah. And we want each person that comes here to feel part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And if we hit 5,000, 7,000, 10,000 people, then what are we literally doing? Yeah. Are we just moving people through some cattle? Just a number thing. Or yeah. is it just another number? Is it just for us to like capture that dollar and like mm-hmm. make money? Like, what are we actually doing? Well, what we actually want to do is create real change in people's yeah. lives from the moment that they know that they're coming into the event, that they're going to be here for the event, and then when they're actually here. And then on top of that, the conversation that I am having right now with every single sponsor is, how much real social change do you want to put into motion sure. and use our marketing arm and your marketing arm to actually do that? Yeah. And what does that look like? So, like, the goal is real change. Mm-hmm. Actual what's it actually look like not to get rich not to pump this gravel cow and steal all of its milk until it's dead and dries up and goes away how do we keep this thing relevant Mm -hmm. how do we keep it beautiful intentional and also like not exploit it by the end of the day like Benjamin because it would Wayne, be very easy to do that. Benjamin from Wayne's World, like Benjamin from Wayne's World, is the 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 worst example of of exploitation on the planet. So like you've seen Wayne's World and you know Benjamin who I'm talking about and he comes in and he talks them into selling out for $5,000 a piece <laughs> and then all of a sudden they're sitting in a studio yeah. and they're looking at their basement, but that's not Wayne's basement. Like no. Yeah. No. I don't want people to sit here and look at the finish line of Mid South and say it looks like Mid South. It sounds like Mid South, but it's not. But they've sold out or whatever. It it's is. not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So like we don't really need anyone's help. Mm-hmm. We're doing a great job on our own, yeah. and we're also listening to what our consumer base wants, mm-hmm. and what our consumer base wants is real, genuine experience. Yeah. So that's what we're going to give them as long as we have the power and as long as we keep our, our heads on straight. Yeah. And she has helped me in times that I have gotten out of hand and out of line with my idea of where we could go or what we could ask a sponsor for. And I've helped her be like, Hey, like, you know, the consumer is our number one priority. Like yeah. we got to remember that. Like we just, Sally's probably been the most unrealized. Like I didn't realize how badly I needed this person and her brain and her (laughs) guidance and her and and like she's seen how like we're very similar and how she's like well i have to step up and like be this person because well bobby and i may have the same viewpoints but actually i need to like not do what i would normally do and make a different decision so anyway thanks (laughs) (laughs) it's been wild for both of us yeah and and crystal is very much a part of this too like in the biggest way possible she runs a halfway point she also Mm -hmm. runs all operations of the shop the whole week while i am not available in any way which is normal anyway (laughs) so um yeah, you've yeah. either got a microphone in your hand or a bottle of champagne, but you're running around somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. Oh, it's I and like when I, when we did the run, I just I was up here that morning, and then just to see how different, like just from watching social media the next day, how different they the mornings were. You know, like you got guys training, like warming up in their vans. Like they got their bike set up in the back of the van and they're warming. I think it was uh, the, I watched the, the, orange the seal. Star Orange Seal video. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Kai, who's the local guy who was, you know, had, a, I guess, a really rough race and had to bow out. But um, just following him, what he's doing now, going to college and stuff and racing, that's really cool. I'm looking forward to having him on the podcast when he oh, comes sick. back to town. I can't wait. Um, and it's just so cool to see these, these this thing happen and these guys. That, but, I mean, that weather must have been... I just It looked terrible from people's videos and yeah. stuff. But actually being here, thunder and lightning and pouring rain at, you know... Yeah, that was Delaying rough. the start <laughs> and everything. Like, mentally, when, I mean, for you guys, obviously, you got to, you know, do all your work and set people off. But, mm-hmm. you know, for guys who, like, are just trying to mentally get their heads around... Um, like run riding a hundred miles and then it's raining you know it's freezing cold what were you what were i you really hope it's dry God, next was, year <laughs> where were you really, standing where because we I weren't even know, in the I same was place everywhere i was running around like a wild person um <laughs> like, yeah because you had to make that decision to delay it yeah we've never had a rain delay yeah we've or never lightning not, delay i guess never not been at literally 8 a.m sharp yeah. on yeah. the nose yeah. never 
I think I was mostly like watching the weather and trying to make sure that like we could start in 15 minutes like we said we mm -hmm. would. Yep. And then trying you, to make sure that everybody yeah. knew we weren't starting at eight. Yeah. And God, I don't know. When you, you earlier you mentioned Everyone. the Jeep Club. Yeah. Like how much of a, how much how much help were they this year? I'm sure they were tremendous help. And the every year they rains, but you know, we just to have them, so them lined up outside on the street, you know, like it's the coolest. So many of them. And there's nothing. We literally at this point in time can't. I, I and I we stress this. We have a, we have a couple of meetings with them. Mm -hmm. uh, one one true like big meeting where we do we do pizza night and we do beer mm -hmm. and stuff at the yeah. shop, and we just initiate the new people by telling like giving them horror stories and then also <laughs> <laughs> just tell them like. We yeah. cannot do this without you. Mm -hmm. Like we literally, you are a key yeah. to this event that we, and, and actually we, we have all these other ideas of how we can relieve the pressure off of them too. Mm -hmm. So like we've got more ideas for shuttles and, and bike racks that need to be built to specifically move like 15 people at a time. And so yeah. we've got a lot of more work to do because as we grow, the potential for this to happen every year of rain is a hundred percent. Right. Like, honestly, yeah. like, we're Absolutely. planning for the worst every time. Yeah. Second weekend of March or yeah. whatever it is, like it's and so prone yeah. to bad weather. I yeah. caught flack from all these sideliners on the coasts this year about my posts on social media about asking people if they would come help bring riders back to Stillwater so we could shorten the trips for the Jeep Club to get them to a warming space, which was an incredible liability to get people off the road, yeah. keep them away from hypothermia, and mm -hmm. get them to a warm space. And so, I mean, I asked for that, and of course, it was all in the vein of COVID, but it was also all in the vein of like, they were like, yeah, they're asking people to like give strangers rides, and I'm like, this is all this still is brand new information to us, as well. but it's also a need, yeah. and then it's also like, no, we don't like not have our ducks in a row it's just way worse than you could ever dream oh, yeah. so like if you've never put on a race and you've never put on a race it's like this like please keep your mouth shut yeah because you actually have no you're idea always what people are saying that and well, also it was so early on in the whole yeah. covid situation right oh, and yeah. it was like you know the first second weekend of march or whatever and we just realizing what was happening and mm -hmm. we'd seen the world news but it hadn't really come to the states but that like much literally literally yeah. i will say this with confidence there's no way that we would have been in as deep of controversy if the utah jazz player true in oklahoma city Very and it would and canceled all the nba for it all the, the people. friday before it was a wednesday before. wednesday before. it was a wednesday right. night at 9 p.m yeah. yeah and we were and we were i was laying on that yeah. rug in this next room in Sally's office and yeah. I was like I don't know what's happening yeah and did she you, was did like did you think that it would be the last race 100% we thought we were going to have to cancel the yeah. entire mm -hmm. every, we thought the city was going to shut us down and the yeah. state yeah or the you or the federal government yeah. yeah yeah but so so you thought I mean if we do this it is probably going to be the last race of the year then we didn't, Did I mean, we actually kind of, I don't but we I also didn't that. know what to think. We didn't know if this was going to be like, okay, this is over in a month. We, such, such a we just had, time. there yeah. was so little information coming yeah. out and it was all coming so fast at the same time that we just had no, we couldn't think further ahead. We could think, okay, how do we get to Saturday? And if we are not <laughs> getting to Saturday, what are we doing? Yeah. And how are we taking care of that situation? Yeah. Because everyone was, was here. Every, yeah, people were already here. People were in the air. People were on the road. Right. And, I mean, even if we had canceled, people still would have shown oh, up and written on Saturday. Yeah, anyway. they just showed up. You're yeah. right. So, yeah. Which would have been pretty cool. It would have been, been cool, but cool. also Unofficial. But also really stressful. Yeah. Very stressful. And, like, <laughs> the kind of questions yeah. of liability also. Yeah. Stuff, so. yeah. Yeah, the race, I mean, back to, like, this year's race. Back, this year's race, another thing that, that came to my mind, you're talking about the Jeep Club and everything, like, was that point that Payson gets to that, like, I'd ran through that water bit where he had to go up his bike. I'd ran through that the day before, and it was not bad at all. Like, we ran through, it was fine. It was miserable maybe over my shoes it was okay and then to see him go and he just like looks at the guy with you with the utv and the guy's like i haven't been through that yet i don't know how deep it is and he's like oh okay i'm jumping off my bike and he's like dunking his bike in the water mm -hmm. and i a screenshot and i sent it to gan who i ran with and i was like do you remember running through this and he's like yeah it's like waist tight now yes <laughs> yeah. yeah but uh, i mean what you know and then hannah as well like unreal going to camp, you know, catching back up with Hannah and seeing her and then watching her interviews with the Orange Seal stuff and they're like, I literally ran out of food, I ran out of everything. And yeah. then seeing her like shivering as she finished the, you know, finished mm -hmm. across the finish line and she's eating that cheeseburger with mud all over her hands. I she's know, like, I, like, I just have to eat. <laughs> How can like, we help you? We were both standing there just like, so, is this really yeah. happening? It's such a raw, like, it was worse. Oh. Yep. Yeah. My, I, I, I mean, I can only speak for myself because I only know what I was feeling in those moments, but I was feeling all at once like 
am I being too excited for these people as they've just poured their entire souls out yeah. into this race? Do they want me to be stoked that they won and that they finished? Or like, am I being yeah, the most annoying they little brother? Any energy, yeah. Like, I have no idea. Do they know yeah. I'm, I'm older than them, actually, right. which is weird in my mind that I, but I am. Yeah. And anyway, it's like... I felt weird. Yeah. And like, and I also knew like what Payson was going through with losing his friend from Durango yeah. very yeah. early, like very, very mm-hmm. right before. Um, yeah. It's just, there's just so many emotions at the finish line yep. and it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. Like no. it doesn't stop all day. And people tell yep. me things about their lives that you, you'll never imagine, yeah. like about their families or, or even the guy that ran to the race from Tulsa. Yeah, dude. <laughs> right? Like he ran from Tulsa and then did the run, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah, he did the hundred hundred. He did the double. He did the double double. <laughs> the double double is what I'm calling. It. Even though it's not the double, but that's what we'll just yeah. call it the double double because like, it's insane. There's so many little stories. There's like so that. many, man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just what a place. Like, and I'm so pumped that, that you guys are making like a, a video series for it. We are. That is. And this is just the beginning content. Like, I say this every year, and Sally's always like, "Man, can we just like <laughs> get a handle on all the things that we already said we were gonna do?" Yeah, but like, no, we. But it's grown every we, single year. We have incredible, incredible stories to tell. Incredible stories to tell, and I want to yeah. tell every single one of them, and not just the front, not just the middle, not the back, but like all of it. And I don't know how we can do that, but that's like, you guys there's a long term goal. It's easy. Yeah. No, for sure. That's true. <laughs> and maybe we yeah. Zoom call. And with Sally's done people. Which, which every we still week. need to get that live. Like you've done podcasts. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've yeah, done podcasts. Good, but. No, I mean anyway, we have we have a lot of content and yeah. stories to tell. And that's, that's the other thing is like we have stories that we don't even know that are gonna get told. Right. And that's exciting. Yeah. That's the exciting. That's the thing that makes me most excited to keep yeah. doing this year after year after year yeah. after year. Is that it's it's incredibly life changing every time. Mm-hmm. Every time for yeah. you, for the participant, yeah. but oh man, 100%. Yeah, because you get see, you, I mean, we don't know these stories unless you tell the stories that have been told to you, yeah. right? And you get one person come up to you that may not know anyone else at that, like, I didn't know anyone at that race last this year. That's so sick. You know, I didn't, me and my buddy were there, and that's it. It was your anybody. first time, it was your first, first time. time ever. Didn't know absolutely anybody. Sick. And, you know, and I'm like, now I just have this connection with these people that raced that day, with the people that were here that weekend. Like, just, you know, and I come back and, you know, I've got my patch or whatever. And even if I'm out riding on my bike and I've got my Mid-South ball and I was like, well, you, you know, you're at the Mid-South. Like, I did the run. I haven't ridden yet, but I am. You know, just little things like that. It's just like that badge of honor and that little, like that community that now you're a part of. And it's just going to grow every year. What do you um, think? What do you think of just like the event as a whole, like the infrastructure and like everything? I mean, parking's great, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Driving to Silver, you're like, where am I going to park? I'm, that's like when you do a marathon, like, well, run a half marathon or what, a 5K, whatever it is, like, you park miles away. Oh, you? yeah. And then you walk in. Like, I parked down the street. And I was like, this is like perfect. Yes. Because people uh, have bikes, so they usually stay exactly. at their Airbnb or their hotel right. and they ride their yeah. bikes down. And yeah. that's why we have all the big A frames for bikes. One thing I wish I had would have done, uh, and I hope that I get to experience it whenever COVID disappears or whatever it is, but I didn't come up the night before the race yes I wish I'd have done that mm. yeah. and like rented a van or had a Airbnb because we drove from the, the city yeah, yeah right we didn't really tons of people stay. do that yeah. uh, but I wish I would have had stayed <clears throat> and you know whether it's sleeping in the back of a van or getting a hotel yep. or whatever it is like that bringing in the entire weekend instead of just like showing up doing the race and going home I wish it had been here the race is just a small part of it yeah I wish it had been here for everything so that's that's the, my goal going forward is to really take in the entire weekend we pride ourselves hardcore on the extracurriculars yeah I mean the, we talk more about activations mm-hmm. pre and post yep for special things that we're putting on for things that the sponsors want yeah. to do but it's all all. We well, launched the beer this year. Yeah, yeah. So this is the fourth time we've done the beer. Yeah. Um. I mean, this was just this was the just this year's iteration. Really, yeah. yeah. Of the can. So okay. we've, this is our third can. So okay. we've done a can three years in a row, and then we had a beer with no can and just had big growlers with with Iron Monk. So that's a whole nother long story. Yeah. I won't go into it. But <laughs> no, I, I mean, we get to go throw the hops the hops into the mm-hmm. brew every year. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Sal and I are there, and then we also help can. Mm-hmm. And we usually get a super day morning drunk Woo. whenever it's canning for the first time. It's yeah. 
It's great. It's like, oh, that, that pop is stopped. <laughs> so but this year we released... We'll take care of that one. Yeah. We released a bike made specifically for events like Mid-South that we've been talking with Salsa about for like two years. Which was the gold one, right? The, mm-hmm. the Storm Chaser. Yeah. yeah. And so like all the details. Was that single gear? It's, yep. Yeah. Single speed. Single you can speed. put gears on it. It comes okay. with a hanger to put a trailer on if you want. Um, it's aluminum as a carbon fork it has absolutely tons of tire clearance the bike is it's perfect yeah. it is your i don't want to ruin my normal bike that i ride yeah. most of the time i won't even put a price tag on it but whatever bike yeah. it is your go-to bike and then you can have this thing instead yeah at whatever 1500 bucks complete and it's incredible and yeah anyway we found out that it was for sure happening in June yeah. of last year when I was in Steamboat um, with a bunch of customers doing a Moots thing and I was like, man, is this real life? Like, I'm at Moots with customers doing a private camp thing around their ranch rally event that they always do and Salsa's calling me telling me that this is actually this is a happening and we're making a bike for Mid-South. Yeah. Which we didn't even have the name change yet. It was still yeah. our yeah. old name at the time and so it was pretty wild and I was very glad that we hadn't decided to put any branding on it because yeah. that would have been really bad. Yeah, because <laughs> they didn't know about the name change until we were already yeah. pretty much set. Yeah. Uh, very close to being set. Um, yeah, man. Anyway, it's just crazy. Like this year, we don't know what all that stuff looks like. We're talking about virtual versions of a lot of things mm-hmm. of live music, of beer can release party, of, yeah. you know, writers meeting, which is Out, normally sick. Outdoor, totally socially distanced. Yeah, yeah. 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 We're just trying to look at this from a global perspective yeah. and not be um, ignorant to anything yeah. that's going on and like I give tons and tons and tons of credit to Sally for that because I keep my nose to the ground a lot and it's not that I'm ignoring it it's just that there's a lot going on in this yeah. brain and it normally isn't what well, you're also happening. running a business right? I mean yeah. two businesses, two businesses. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. so anyway thank you for like being on top of it because it's not an easy thing to it's my job stay on top of it <laughs> so wrapping this up for everyone listening and watching um where can they go sign up and get in the randomizer and, and be able to do that? Uh, the bike shop as well. Where can they, if they want to buy a specific Mid-South bike for, you know, salsa or all that. Like what, yes. where do they go? What do they do? How yes. can they go? All that stuff. District bicycles, downtown Stillwater, Oklahoma. If you can't get here, we can ship it. Mm-hmm. So whatever you want, call the bike shop. 405-372-7319. <laughs> for real. Like if you want to buy, call the shop. Crystal, Tyler, Austin, myself, somebody will answer the phone. Seth, Charlie. We got a new guy, Charlie, from Green Bay. He just moved down. He's incredible. He's Mm going to be there for a while. Um, So, yeah, group rides are still happening organically. We're not posting them again, but they're happening. I mean, two weeks ago, we had a group of 18 from Tulsa and Oklahoma City, and we didn't know any of them except Kelly that put the ride together yeah. and then my other buddy CK from Tulsa and it's like that's great and yeah. I had no clue coming in. it was yeah. insane yeah. it was the coolest thing ever I was coming in for my ride in the morning and they were all leaving and I was like I don't know any I think I saw people. that in your story yeah you're like, I know. You're like, <laughs> you're like oh hey I know yeah. someone and I was like what what what, 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 what? Yeah. and then I get down here by the shop and there's like all these SUVs with bike racks and it's just the coolest thing yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. I hope the city of Stillwater is paying attention. The sales yeah. tax dollars are happening. And it's not just happening during the race week. It's right. so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, registration. Actually, I'll let Sally talk about, like, everyone before registration even becomes an idea, people need to know about, or the like, the COVID mm-hmm. protocol. And yep. you can talk about that. So, um, last year we had about half the field defer. Yeah. And so um, they they will get to sign up beginning November 1st to November 8th. 6th. 6th. 11.59. And then it'll open up to just whoever wants to register. Yeah. And then we will choose, you know, we'll let every whoever in and uh, the random, I'm sorry, the randomizer robot will let whoever in. <laughs> Have you, I, named, I have you, have have you named the randomizer robot yet? I mean, Randy, Randy, <laughs> Ronald, um, and then um, and then we will uh, <laughs> announce who gets in yeah. the following Saturday, the fourteenth. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yes. Um, but to this is very important um, to be to register, you have to acknowledge that you've read our COVID safety protocol page on our mm-hmm. website. Um, drafted by drafted by Sally me. Turner, um, and that you're going to follow local and state mask ordinances. Mm-hmm. That's very important. I will come and yell at you in a very nice way to put your mask on. That is one thing that came in handy this year too. It's mm-hmm. This year's little neck thing. Yep, yeah, yep. we're gonna yeah. have yeah, the have gators again. We'll yeah. have bandanas and 
Um, <laughs> you know, at this point, everybody kind of has a mask. Yeah. So bring it with you. Um, but yeah. Awesome. That's, that's where everything's it's going to go. Yeah. Mid-South. Oh, so um, we will have links on midsouthgravel.com, but Bike Reg is our uh, registration platform that we use. They've been great, yeah. and uh, we're stuck to do it again this year. They're working with us very closely to make the randomizer situation happen. And yeah, Bike Reg, B-I-K-E-R-E-G.com forward slash mid-south, the mid-south, the mid-south. Yeah. Yep, that's how we have But yeah, it'll be all over, social yep. media. Yeah, it will be everywhere. You can't get away yeah. from it. Yep, awesome. Well, I really appreciate you guys sharing some stories, and I know there's there's hundreds more, and, and I can't wait to see the, the videos and the stories from, from the guys who won and raced and the girls and like like i am like nervously excited about racing in march and yes. i need to get my training on uh and get my legs in some shape and also buy some wet weather ring here <laughs> just in case uh but no i really appreciate it and um, for everyone listening i'll put the links in the description down below uh you can go and sign up or you can just you know in within covid rules come up hang out follow on social media i'm sure there's gonna be plenty of posts and, and great stories about it um but yeah and it's I'm so excited like it's, it's hard to put it into words you know it's, but it's gonna be awesome so your excitement makes it all feel like yes. 100% worth it so thanks appreciate you guys coming on and yeah. we will yeah thanks for listening we'll catch you next episode cheers Thanks. Cheers. Cheers. This podcast was presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, who've been telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. Follow them online at OklahomaHOF.com and definitely on Instagram at OklahomaHOF. Catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.